0: Assalamualaikum everyone. Uh, God willing, we will be starting our Quran study today from Surah 38 and verse 17. Uh, <coughs> we always start by reciting, "I seek refuge in God from Satan the rejected." Or, "Alasubillahi minash-shaitanirajim." In the name of God, most gracious, most merciful. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim be patient in the face of their utterances and remember our servant david the resourceful he was obedient we committed the mountains in his service glorifying with him night and day also the birds were committed to serve him all were obedient to him we strengthened his kingship and endowed him with wisdom and logic and good logic Have you received news of the feuding men who sneaked into his sanctuary? When they entered his room, he was startled. They said, have no fear. We are feuding with one another and we are seeking your fair judgment. Do not wrong us and guide us in the right path. Uh, The brother of mine owns 99 sheep while I own one sheep. He wants to mix my sheep with his and continues to pressure me. And the footnote for this verse number 23 says, this is the only place where the number 99 occurs. 30 different numbers are mentioned in the Quran, and their total comes to uh, 16,2146, i don't know 162146 or 19 times 8530 34 so the part of the mathematical counting of uh, the the miracle of 19 in the quran also includes uh, all the numbers given in the quran and the total comes to this this sum so mashallah that's also part of the math miracle of the quran so I'm going to stop here for a minute and reflect upon these verses. So um God talks about David um and um, Solomon um in, in this surah as well. Um and that God talks about David um and had granted him a lot of wisdom um and a good judgment uh praise god all the humans all the qualities good qualities come from god um and uh nobody has a cre- created their own intelligence it comes from god god is the source of all enlightenment and all the um wisdom and everything so god like a human tendency is to uh create idols and they think they are ex- they were extra smart or it's god who grants them even their guidance any prophet saints or any messengers they all come with qualities endowed by uh, our creator um, and he gives them specific you know qualities for um that he knows and he guides them accordingly so god talks about the david uh and god says we committed the mountains in his service glorifying with him night and day so apparently david was able to um listen or communicate with uh, with the mountains by the grace of god by god's leave that uh, and they would glorify just imagine the glorification of mountains if you are able to hear them able to communicate with them that's huge quality like absolutely we don't know anybody else who actually could ever do this you know that's awesome subhanallah and that was god's gift to him so they would glorify uh night and day
1: Uh,
0: and as we also know that david was given the psalms um so he he was a righteous like other messengers um and uh he him he was specifically you know glorified god in um in his uh or would commemorate him uh, like do his zikr a lot that's why he was even given the psalms also the birds were committed to serve him all were obedient to him we also know about this solomon and then uh, david right so David Solomon was David's son and the both were given some very unique uh, provisions we can say or kingship uh, which was not attained by anybody else um, being able to uh, the birds were serving them or committed to serve them or him specifically here God talks about David and um mountains and be, being obedient being once again david was able to communicate with the birds and whatever he would ask them, them to do they would do it we strengthened his kinship and endowed him with wisdom and good logic so all the good good qualities are god's gift you know righteous qualities are god's gift people can have you know bad qualities too but that's due to their own wickedness but the, all the good wisdom and logic and um being righteous and um, you know all these qualities uh, are from god and here is a give in this section there is an example of um god it, it seems to me like it was a test for david um and that with all the logic um, given by God and um, a good sense of uh, being just and equitable, uh, this is what happened, that they, he found two people feuding with each other in his sanctuary. And they asked him for his judgment regarding a matter and what was the matter. Um, in 23... Um, these two people are saying one of them is complaining and saying that um, this brother of mine has owns ninety nine sheep while I own only one sheep. He wants to mix my sheep with his and continues to pressure me. So it was up to David like they came knowingly that he has good logic and has you know good judgment around. Um, when he judges people he is very equitable and and just Uh, he was famous for that so what does David do so David's exemplary piety 3824 he said he is being unfair to you by asking to combine your sheep with his most people who combine their properties treat each other unfairly except those who believe and work righteousness, and these are so few. Afterwards, David wondered if he made the right judgment. He thought that we were testing him. He then implored his Lord for forgiveness, bowed down, and repented. And the footnote here says, in this clear example, 99 on one side versus one on the other side, David's extreme care To render the correct judgment caused him to ask forgiveness. Are we this careful? So that's something we need to ponder upon. And what David did was that basically he used his judgment um, because in his opinion, it was a clear, open and shut case, you know, of unbalanced sort of a business arrangement that one person has 99 sheep and the other one has one. And um, he gave a very quick judgment according to his own wisdom. Um, But then he immediately right after, uh, there are many, aspects to this, and we always discuss this these verses, and God willing we will discuss it later too that there are a lot of angles uh, that he could have gone wrong you know um, and one being that he probably did not listen to the other party um, that what what benefits uh, maybe this person the other one who owns 99 sheep could have given a better deed for this person um, or other many other things but he basically generalized it and said many people are unjust in this kind of arrangement. Uh, but even though god tells us that david was so careful always um, and um, the um, extreme care to render the correct judgment caused him to ask forgiveness. And the the main point here is for us to reflect is that many times we, we give a judgment. Uh, we judge a situation without knowing all the aspects. Um, and it could be a wrong judgment and we could see somebody in a very different light Uh, if we judge them without having all the facts presented to us. And we are not so careful that we would repent to God and ask his forgiveness. That, oh, you know, we just casually sometimes judge a situation and move on. Uh, The point here is that we got to be extra careful and we don't even know like how, how much wisdom of of any kind of judgment we have um so the best we can do is that um we should be um considering matters which we don't understand in the light of Quran uh and, and think about it and should refrain from a quick judgment o- over any issue got to be extra careful that could you know really be a detriment to somebody's reputation or their you know it could affect many other issues number 25 we forgave him in this matter we have granted him a position of honor with us in a beautiful abode O David we have made you a ruler on earth therefore you should judge among the people equitably and do not follow your personal opinion lest it diverts you from The way of God. Surely those who stray off the way of God incur severe retribution for forgetting the day of reckoning. We did not create the heavens and the earth, and everything between them in vain. Such is the thinking of those who disbelieve. Therefore, woe to those who disbelieve. They will suffer in hell. Shall we treat those who believe and lead a righteous life as we treat those who commit evil on earth? Shall we treat the righteous as we treat the wicked? This is a scripture that we send down to you that is sacred, perhaps. They reflect on its verses. Those who possess intelligence will take heed. So, God, we we see these verses that um, God has pointed out that um, it is it was his extreme care uh and uh to 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 reflect and immediately ask for forgiveness and god says we forgave him in this matter uh maybe he did use his personal opinion maybe he did not look it under the light of the scripture or god's laws uh and basically generalized it but God knew that how careful David was and um, God knows the innermost thoughts and he immediately asked for forgiveness uh, from God He that if he made a mistake in this matter, may God forgive him. And God did forgive him and still gave him a position of honor um, and because of his piety and everything, he was a righteous uh He was a righteous um, submitter, prophet, or messenger as well. And um, God allowed him to uh, judge among the people equitably because God knew he was very suitable for that and still cautioned him and do not follow your personal opinion lest it diverts you from the way of God. We have to be extra careful Uh, wherever uh, we're giving a judgment, you know, um, that we don't follow our own opinion, it should be either um, collecting all the facts, listening to both sides. Sometimes one person brings you um, a, a news or something, and we right away judge the other person, uh, or if they are complaining about somebody, and you know we don't have all the facts and we can issue a judgment, it is detrimental for our own soul first of all. Um, god talks about the heavens and the earth and says we did not create the heaven and the earth and everything between them in vain there is a reason for everything we are here for a test this is not we are not here to just get get absorbed by this worldly life and just mm, pass all the time heedlessly that we have a purpose on this earth. We are here for a very short interim to denounce our original sin and repent and live a righteous life, grow our soul so we can attain salvation and go back into God's kingdom. Uh, but the disbelievers think that this is the only life you know uh, let's enjoy and do whatever we like to do. You know, and then eventually They think they won't be held accountable. Therefore, woe to those who disbelieve. They will suffer in hell. Shall we treat those who believe and lead a righteous life as we treat those who commit evil on earth? Shall we treat the righteous as we treat the wicked? So God makes a distinction here that one who follows his guidance and lives a righteous life according to God's guidance Uh, and according to the scripture, would God be treating this person the same as the one who will commit evil? There's a question mark. Why? One who chose God and the right uh, path on their own free will without any compulsion or force is obviously has attained God's support. And not the evil or the wicked people they have they have no lord and master so how could they both be living uh, god will treat them both the same way that is not possible because when we submit we submit to god's will we accept his absolute authority and then then god takes over we we it's like we surrender to him and his will you know willingly Won't that be different than the one who's constantly um, rebelling against God? Absolutely, these are two opposite sides. So God is with those who want to lead a righteous life and um, they will have God's support and whom God supports. Universes are supporting this person. This is a scripture that we send down to you that is sacred. Perhaps they reflect on its verses. Those who possess intelligence will take heed. We know that Quran has no ambiguity. Um, It has no nonsense. It confirms previous scriptures and consolidates them. And it's mathematically proven scripture. So there is anyone with intelligence who would study the quran carefully they will understand that this cannot be from a person a human um, so uh, the intelligent will take heed the, those who really are not uh, absolved by their own thinking and ego would not be able to take heed solomon's exemplary devotion verse 30 to david we granted solomon a good and obedient servant. One day he became preoccupied with beautiful horses until the night fell. He then said, I enjoyed the material things more than I enjoyed worshipping my Lord until the sun was gone. And the footnote here says, um, 32. Sorry. Solomon missed his afternoon prayer because of his horses to nullify Satan's possible claim that Solomon loved his horses more than loving God he got rid of his horses this is an amazing example of Solomon's um, uh, uh, devotion to God alone Um, God had endowed Solomon with a lot of provisions um, and the he had even like these oil wells and, you know, gins working for him and birds and animals and he was extremely wealthy. He is the, literally the most, um, the example of David, uh, example of Solomon is the spe- spectrum of, you know, Extreme wealth, when when God says He He can test us through reduction of provisions or with a lot of provision, uh, provisions. So Solomon's was on the other end of this spectrum, where he was granted a lot of provisions, extreme wealthy, and other elements helping him, like the winds and the the jinns and the animals and the birds and you name it, and he had it so it was that one day where he just was lost praising his horses or maybe spending time with them and he lost track of time and missed his prayer um and then he really really was remorseful on that that how how could he do that you know here we are A lot of time, you know, sometimes we're really enjoying something, a movie or a show or, you know, and we just, we will quickly go and maybe do our Salat and come back to it right away. But um, we have to be extra careful that never, ever uh, the worldly life should be more valuable to us than, than remembering God. So that was one mistake happened from Solomon, and um, he repented right away. And he said, "It's not worth it." Thirty-three, verse thirty-three says, "Bring them back to forbid farewell." He rubbed their legs and necks. We thus put Solomon to the test. We blessed him with vast material wealth, but he steadfastly submitted. Solomon and Job represent, this is the footnote, both ends of the testing spectrum. We are put to the test through wealth, health, or lack of them to see if we worship God alone under all circumstances. So Solomon realized that it's not worth it and his love for his, these beautiful horses took him away from God, remembering God so he 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 gave up and he said goodbye to them. you know he let it go um so that was a test and um he let it go for uh, for to never be um you know distracted by these things ever again but god God knew what solomon um was a very righteous and devoted servant of God. God blessed him with a lot of material wealth and he steadfastly submitted. He said, my Lord, forgive me and grant me a kingship never attained by anyone else. You are the grantor. We answered his prayer and committed the wind at his disposal, pouring rain whenever he wanted, wherever he wanted, and the devil's building and diving. Others were placed at his disposal. This is our provision to you. You may give generously or withhold without limits. He has deserved an honorable position with us and a wonderful abode. So what Solomon, when he gave up his horses, what he asked from God was that, kingship never attained by anyone else basically he asked for righteousness and the kingship probably in the hereafter bigger than um this world you know so in return he wanted god and his support and his mercy but god also gave him you know the worldly in abundance worldly uh, provisions Uh, including the wind at his disposal imagine you know um, you whatever area you wanted to to win go that way whenever Solomon wanted you know so that is kingship really in this world too like nobody ever attained such a thing and the jinns and devils building and diving because as we know through the Quran that they jets um are made of a different material and uh they have certain uh, a lot of uh, like they they can they can travel fast um almost with just like a speed of light um and are very powerful so they were given as servants to uh, Solomon by, by God's will uh, and we know that one of the jinn brought Sheba's palace like in a blink of an eye from one place to another so um, that's how they can uh, you know uh, they were in his service Uh so God also told him to you whether, you know, it's because God knew he's, a, he's just, he's righteous. So God let him decide how much he wants to give or not give to, you know, what he wants to withhold and or what he can give for charity and whatnot. And God gave him an honorable position at him as well. Uh, not just in this world, but in the hereafter as well. He earned it now with the next verse talks about the affliction of job the devil afflicts job verse 41 remember our servant job he called upon his lord the devil has afflicted me with hardship and pain and the footnote here says that um, solomon and job represent both ends of testing spectrum we are put to the test through wealth, health, or lack of them, to see if we worship God alone under all circumstances. So, Job was also prophet of God, and so was Solomon. And one was tested with an abundance of provisions, and one was tested uh, with the lack of it. Um, so the, but you know, we we know that anything bad which comes is from from us, from our weaknesses, and all good comes from God. So um, Satan made a claim over Job and afflicted him with hardship and pain, and he called upon his Lord. Uh, we don't know the details in the Quran, that what, what he lost uh, seems like he was... Uh, his affliction was quite a bit that you know he implored god to remove his affliction um a lot of people bring the stories from the from the bible about job it's a lot of detail but god only gave us what we need to know um in the quran we have no idea what happened actually so um we would not like to speculate uh what it actually what did he actually lose, but God tells us about he was afflicted, so that's good enough for us to understand and he God asked him to strike the ground with your foot, a spring will give you the healing and a drink, so that means he was physically probably sick too um so God finally, you know, his test was over and God granted him healing. And the next uh, subtitle says, God makes it up to the believers. We restored his family for him, twice as many, such is our mercy. A reminder for those who possess intelligence. Now you shall travel the land and preach the message to fulfill your pledge. We found him steadfast. What a good servant. He was his submitter. So Subhanallah. Um, Job. Um, did not forget about God. He, he was steadfast. During the affliction. Um, or his losses. Probably he lost his family. His family left him. Um, due to his misery. Or God knows what happened. But then we find here. In 43 that god he passed his test and god restored his family he he did not suffer a permanent loss Um, his family came back to him twice as many probably he had grandchildren at that time and it grew and god is merciful he always when believers are put to the test and they pass the test god makes it up to them and they will never lose Never have to suffer like a permanent, uh, unbearable loss. Um, and then um, he started his mission and preaching. He was a prophet uh, to fulfill his pledge with God. And God says, we found him steadfast and what a good servant. He was a submitter. So submitters, all these examples for submitters are here that we would put be put to the put through the tests either by um, abundance of provisions or lack of it so we have to stay steadfast under all circumstances and trust in god put our trust in god and implore him and and see where we're going wrong so we can reflect repent and reform Um, i call it triple R. (laughs) Uh, that's important for our salvation. And God always makes it up to the believers. Uh, We should never be despondent if we are going through tough times. Um, Then God talks about, um, in 45, remember also our servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were resourceful and possessed vision. We bestowed upon them a great blessing, awareness of the hereafter. They were chosen, for they were among the most righteous. Remember Ishmael, Elisha, and Zalkiv among the most righteous. So, with these extreme examples, God also talks about um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that they were resourceful and possessed vision. Um, their resources were, um, you know, uh, by the grace of God in the shape of provisions or their guidance or however God made them resourceful was from God and blessed them. And they, and they possessed vision. As we know, Abraham, um, he was a visionary. You know, he was a vanguard in submission. He was the first submitter um, who received all the practices of submission um, in complete version which we still today practice Um, and he asked God about his coming generations um, and he prayed for them Um, so all of these did not just only have thought about for the time being but they thought about coming generations of submitters as well and god says he blessed them with the awareness of the hereafter so they were so focused you know they were so certain we know Abraham's certainty so so exemplary that he thought in his dream that god was asking him to sacrifice his son so his focus was not this world or his worldly life he was fixated on the hereafter like if god is asking me to sacrifice my son even though god it it was a satanic dream and he thought god was asking him because god will never go against his own laws and ask a human to sacrifice another human Um, but that's what Abraham thought that god wants me to sacrifice his most beloved thing and there it is and and i'm gonna do it so what was the motivation behind this unwavering obedience of god was the knowledge of hereafter was more important to him you know he didn't care what kind of loss he will have to make but of course it wasn't god who asked him but he was put to this through this test and he passed his passed the test, amazingly. And then mm, some other messengers like Ishmael, Elisha and zal among the most righteous. So God knows that who is really fit for his job to be a, a messenger or the prophet. And then accordingly, then God guides them to deliver the message in the best possible way. These are the most suitable people, and they were righteous. The subtitle here is The Righteous. This is a reminder. The righteous have deserved a wonderful destiny. The gardens of Eden will open up their gates for them. Relaxing therein, they will be given many kinds of fruits and drinks. They will have wonderful spouses. This is what you have deserved on the day of reckoning. Our provisions are inexhaustible. SubhanAllah, praise be to God that God gave us these examples and then he says, this is a reminder The righteous have deserved a wonderful destiny. So there is so much bigger and better is waiting for us for our righteous works. Um, To follow the path we grow our soul, we ask for forgiveness and live a righteous life and there is a wonderful destiny ahead of us God gave the example of the, these previous messengers and prophets that how steadfast they were how obedient they were and so we can follow these examples and the God talks about the gardens of Eden will open up their gates for them in in beautiful words, God describes the hereafter. Relaxing there and there will be given many kinds of fruits and drinks. Um, they will have wonderful spouses. Uh, all this is allegorical. Of course, the fruits and drinks, we don't know how, uh, what are those things. Uh, but we can imagine from this worldly level to compare because... Um, we really have no idea but God gives us you know something to ponder upon Uh, that would be a well deserved you know reward for all the righteous people and God says his provisions are inexhaustible he'll never run out we can never run out of those it would be just you know um, there would be no limit um, so next uh, yeah this is where I end uh, God willing inshallah and uh, open up for uh, comments and uh, any questions thank you as-salamu alaykum.
2: thank you
3: inshallah sister praise God everything explained very very well thank you praise God Uh, I had a comment
2: uh, about uh, uh, Solomon. So this was uh, we were talking about the horses, and he gave up uh, the horses. You know, um, also. But I see that, like as it says here in the footnote, I think it's very important that you know why he got rid of the horses. You know, he got rid of the horses to nullify Satan's possible claim that. Solomon loved his horses more than loving God, so he got rid of them. So we know from this verse how Satan is a crybaby. So he will, like, find the faintest excuse to claim a human being, you know, like, and uh, I think a very classic example of that is when the messenger of covenant uh, talked about uh, was like, you know, if you say, for example, "Oh geez, you know, and if you just say it out of habit, like, you don't you're not really worshiping Jesus or commemorating Jesus when you're saying that. I mean, you're not even saying his full name or proper name, but Satan will use that to make a claim against a person. And the messenger said, God will grant him his claim. So that shows to us like one, you know, that we have to be extra careful and, you know, if we, uh, see something that has a tiny hint of idol worship for example like we run away from it uh, in this case you know loving his horses more than loving God was a serious claim uh, that you know he could make against Solomon and he didn't uh, want Satan to make that claim Um, and uh, you know that's why he got rid of those horses and um, the other thing uh i wanted to mention was uh actually about uh job so we know from the quran that you know one that he lost his family because he God says he res- restored his family for him and, and secondly he was ill because it says you know he deprived them of the healing and adjourning. The so these are the two things that we we know so he was tested with with um you know, uh, loss of his family and with loss of health, and uh, these both of these, um, as not said, uh, both of these examples of Solomon with his excessive uh, wealth and um, you know richness, and David with you know poverty and um, you know um, affliction uh, and hardship. I mean,
0: you mean Job? Sorry,
2: life. Job. Sorry, they said. David. David. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> David comes yeah. with
0: Solomon. In oh,
2: yes, sorry. Right. Yes, sorry. I dropped yes, my sorry. headphone. Um, sorry. Okay. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah, so, um, you know, these, so we know that when we first become submitters, when any one of us claims that we are going to believe, we have to be uh, put through these tests you know, to make sure that We are worshiping God under all circumstances, and this is this is a very very important part of our religion, you know. To accept that, you know, and there are, and I'm saying that because obviously we know that there are groups out there who deny that there is such a thing as admission tests, you know, and they say that you know you're just gonna continue to be just flat out being tested, 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 and just, it will just carry on and you'll just be struggling your whole life through all these different tests. And they give you examples of from Job and, you know, other places, random places to say that, you know, you'll have a miserable, like, life where you'll be suffering through these things and to be tested. And the more you're loved, the more you'll be put through these circumstances. And this is all uh, from Satan. And, uh, you know, we know the message here is that if we adhere to this book, not only are you going to be successful in the hereafter, but we're also going to be successful and happy and our lives are going to be fulfilled in this world as well. And once these people, as it shows, you know, once Job, I mean, this is the part that they don't talk about, of course, is that once he he believed and he passed this test, God restored everything for him even twice as much, right? And he was happy. He granted him a happy life here. I mean, it wasn't that he just suffered, 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 and and died. You know, he he went through this period. You know, passed his test. You know, nullified Satan's claim, and then he had a
3: beautiful uh, life in the end. Yeah, yeah, ma sure that... explain See, where the problem is uh, people lack confidence in God's verses, uh, where God very, very clearly says in the Quran that uh, the worshipper of His uh, are absolutely happy now and forever. And how, I mean, how hard it is to miss this? Uh, people, when they lack in obedience to God, when they find excuses, shortcuts, which comforts comforts them so they have to find excuse to put the blame on if actually on god you are actually fighting with god that no i'm suffering you know this is it uh you they're denying actually god's verses because they don't obey they're not obedient to god and and actually they are actually blaspheming against god no i, ca- I cannot be happy you're wrong it's straight i mean when you whether you say it from your heart or just say it by your tongue or by your actions it's straightforward it comes to that point because god cannot be wrong right so mashallah very good explanation you did
1: mashallah yeah actually uh, assalamu alaikum assalamu alaikum bia good <laughs> to
0: have you here <laughs> mashallah actually mashallah. it should
1: be other way around that when if we get uh, affliction or we 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 get any kind of sickness, so it's like we should take it as a submitter, that it's a warning for me that I am doing something wrong. So I should just check myself right away, what I am doing wrong and where I am wrong. So then I can fix myself. So uh, instead of... Uh, uh, Instead of uh, finding excuses for my uh, illness or my sickness or or any hardship I am suffering through, instead of finding excuses, I should be more um, hard on myself to find out my mistakes that were and what I am doing wrong. So then that. Now I am feeling this because God's kingdom is in perfect peace, perfect health, perfect happiness. So, in, if I am in God's kingdom, uh, I will not suffer any of these things. So, if I am suffering these things, then it means that I'm doing, I'm somewhere I'm doing very wrong thing and, and I have to check myself.
4: MashaAllah.
2: Right. I mean, another possibility is, of course, I mean, if you're a new submitter, especially, you know, I mean, you could be going through admission tests. Mm. So, you know, you have to remember that, you know, you you are going to submit to God. You're not going to complain. You're not going to question God's wisdom and you're going to submit through it and you're going to do everything to please God through good times and the bad times. Mm. You know, I mean, that's and then another thing I wanted to say also is that um, I like to mention it, um, uh, is that, uh, when we, so since this is part of the testing spectrum, I mean, also getting a lot of wealth, you know, people tend to forget that, you know, if you're blessed with a lot of wealth too, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing everything right by God, you know, to please him, because that could be part of your test as a submitter, you know, going through good times, you know, you think, oh well, I'm going through this because I must be a really righteous person, and I'm, I'm God is, uh, you know, giving me rewards. But you should know that, you know, this could be very well, very well a test designed to show. I mean, when you're in good circumstances, are you turning to God to be thankful to Him and being appreciative to Him at those times, Are you as reverent to God, or you just go to God when you're troubled? You know, you need something. So. A uh, proven worshiper of God alone is one who is proven to, you know, submit and worship Him under all these circumstances, and doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, especially when you're when you're coming into submission, doesn't necessarily mean that you know you're very righteous, and even if you're like a s- submitter for a very long time and you have a lot of money, doesn't <laughs> doesn't mean much, you know. I mean, but you know the thing is when we when God talks about perfect health, perfect wealth, and perfect happiness, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that is a relative concept, you know, I mean, you could, you could have, uh, and when I say relative, I mean, uh, I mean, you could have a million dollars in your bank, sitting in your bank account, you know, but then you could still be poor because you're still, you still want more, you still need more, you know, but another person could, could have a very, uh, you know, conservative amount of money in, in their bank account, for example, but that doesn't mean that they're poor, you know, but they could still have perfect wealth in the sense that all of their needs would be met, you know, God is provided, they're not, they're not needy in that sense where they have needs and they can't afford to do things that they really need at the time. And, you know, God is making all of their needs met, so.
4: Mashallah.
0: Yeah, mashallah. The main thing is that they uh, the peace of uh their heart is um uh, full of contentment and peace mm-hmm. either way. Mm-hmm. You know. Um if they are too rich and they're not worried like what will happen to my money or you know, if, mm-hmm. what if I lose my money or this and that. Uh and the one who has limited um is is not worried, like where would mm-hmm. I get tomorrow's food, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the thing, right? The the balance between trusting God and acknowledging with good wealth or big wealth mm-hmm. that this is all from God and he can take it away anytime he wants to. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just appreciating I'm spending in his cause. And mashallah, I really like the verse 41. No, uh, not 41, uh, 43. God makes it up to the believers. So God has given us the examples of um, um Solomon and then um, job, in both ways, God has made up to them, you know um Solomon could handle probably a lot of uh wealth or the kingship never granted to anybody. God granted him because God knew he has passed his test and he will not ever abuse it or be proud of it or would forget about me and then job um also then God. So returned everything to him twice as much, probably his provisions, the money, or his health and family. Everything came back to him twice as much. And then they start, then God tells him, now go fulfill your pledge. Preach to the people. So basically, it's very clear that it was his admission test, uh, Job's admission test. And uh, and he passed it. And after that, um, everything was... Uh, Perfect for him, mashallah
5: All right, so I got a comment. Um, I'm, I'm. As you guys were reading, as you were reading the uh, surah, I was taking note of some of the attributes of David. So in seventeen, he's described as resourceful, obedient. In nineteen, he's also obedient. In twenty, he's he's exercising wisdom, which is the proper application of knowledge i think and then we've got logic in there uh, it talks about how he was a ruler on earth but um i i noticed something here he's there's a certain methodology here uh that you see it's kind of a formula it's actually in uh verses 24 it's where he recognized maybe i'm in a test let me think about this let me be careful about what i'm doing then he thinks about it and he thinks, well maybe i made a wrong choice so he's constantly questioning himself but his methodology is is something that i think we could utilize today it's the number one is that you're employing uh his lord forgiveness number two he bowed down and number three you repented so he's constantly checking himself throughout that that testing process i think we could also uh, apply that in in our own lives and and do something similar by following this particular methodology um, what do you guys think
0: um, can I make up a comment yeah sure yeah is is the constant awareness and mindfulness of of God, you know even in these the smallest uh, whatever thing he had to do, it was probably very easy case of judgment but you know he quickly like because he was quick to judge um it could have been the perfect judgment but even then you know he he right away like what if i was wrong what if i i was quick in it so that that gives us that you know the picture of how he was constantly aware of god's Uh, presence and that not making a mistake and not judging somebody with just you know he could be using his own opinion here and and fear of god and and fear of uh, like what if you know he was unrighteous in in doing that so exactly robert you're right that this is an example for us to ponder upon that how are we like Rashad has put a question mark in the footnote ad. are we this careful and there he was David who was already endowed with these qualities to be the very good judge and very wise person and who knows how how wise we are <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. saying right
2: you're yeah. very wise <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, other
5: thing noticed, the other thing that I noticed in, um, in 26 was uh, that uh, Davis is, David is told in regard to this business of judging uh, among the people that, you know, we're to do it equitably, fairly, but um, the thing that stood out to me on that, and this is in 26, is where it's, it's, he's told, do not follow your own opinions. And I think that's also very important because there are times that I want to go off on somebody, but I mean, I got to be very careful that it's, you know, that uh, it's not my own personal opinion. Does that make any sense? And and would somebody comment on that?
2: Uh, Actually, I think I'll comment on that for sure, because uh, it's very important, um, you know, uh, people can have form opinions over based on their experiences, uh, past experiences, and those experiences could hinder them in making the right judgment, right? Or, you know, in this case, like in David's case, for example, I mean, he's, he uh, was forming this opinion based on, you, you know, the usual cases, right? So it's like he knows that most people when they, which is a fact, right? Most people who combine their properties will treat each other unfairly. So based on that, you know, he made the judgment that just because the other brother was combining the property that he was treating being unfair. I mean, there could be many sides to it, like why his brother would have been combining the property. So he could have been that one in a million case where, you know, he was going to do it for his benefit, For you know, let's say uh, maybe he wants them to breed together or and multiply or, you know, have a company or whatever, you know, who knows. But uh, in this case, you know, he um, he just made that judgment sort of carelessly at first, it seems, you know. And then he pondered upon it like, you know, he doesn't have any proof based on this example, like how that person was being unfair to him just by combining it because he doesn't have all the facts. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, so that could apply in in scenarios where, you know, people you are supposed to judge among the people. That also applies in religion when, you know, people start to form their personal opinions. And God told David, you know, who's a a prophet of God, uh, that, uh, you know, he should uh, not uh, follow his personal opinion. You know, God gave the Psalms to David, you know, so he's a prophet. And uh, God is telling him not to follow his personal opinion, you know, so... So we could all have personal opinions. But the thing is that the moment you fall in love with your personal opinions to the point that you can't let it go in favor of what God is saying, Mm. you know, then you're worshiping your ego, you know, at that point. So it is very important that, you know, we don't follow our personal opinions. The example I want to give here that I
5: wrote down was circumcision because here's somebody who now has an opinion they're voicing their opinion to the point where it's now becoming like a religious requirement and mm. there I think would be a perfect example of where we don't want to follow our own opinions would am I correct on that would any good comment
0: Yeah absolutely yeah, yeah
2: yeah yeah and a lot of times you know people will form personal opinions about stuff and they'll prohibit things based on their likes and dislikes to you know, and uh like you know um so we have to be like a lot of times you know you'd ask questions like do you think i can do this based on quran or this and that and they won't tell you for example no god says that this is prohibited this is not prohibited they'll say well i wouldn't do this and i would do this and so everybody's more concerned about their personal opinion rather than what god says you know and you have to think well is this prohibited by god is this is this thing lawful i mean and in, in the circumcision's case, I mean, your question about circumcision, I mean, is it in the Quran to, to do this? Then if it's not, then this is your opinion that you think, you know, I, I, I think I mentioned it to you last time. This is exactly my experience was this one individual, you know, he was like, he, he was my friend of, for a long time. At one point, he, d- he started to disbelieve that the messenger of the covenant was sent by God. But, you know, I still let him have some time and le- left him on my friends list. Hopefully he'll change, you know. And from time to time, I kept posting about multiple things and he never cared to, you know, comment to any of it, you know. And then one time I posted a, uh, my sermon on circumcision and then he felt compelled to write and say, you know, a good, but, you know, I disagree, you know. And then we got into a discussion and then he's like, why do you disagree? And so he's like, well, I think because it's in the Bible. And I think that if, uh, you know, this would have happened and that would have happened. So I think, you know, so it was all based on his thinking and his personal opinion, like without any sort of, you know, evidence, uh, any, any sort of, you know, factual findings of any sort, you know. So, I mean, these are all unconfirmed resources that, you know, people use to, and they think, well, I think that this was not corrupted. Well, how do you know? you know so um, so yeah I mean people have views, personal opinions in that sense and I mean of course people who fabricated those lies who wrote them in the Bible and who wrote them in the Hadith books as well I mean they obviously also had their opinions uh, based on which they started following those ideologies and and then incorporated them into the religion of course and Satan had a lot to do with it you know in terms of destroying God's creation and all that so
5: So if we're in a situation maybe where we are drifting into our personal, is I think what we do is we what uh, we double check, of course, with the Quran. If it's if it's mm-hmm. clearly spelled out in the Quran, we got to go with the Quran. But if it's not, maybe we seek consensus in the in the community uh, and debate it, kind of like what we're doing on the circumcision.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if consensus is the, is the right word. In that sense but yeah we we can debate about them yeah because you know majority of the people you know are idol worshipers anyways and majority of believers will go to hell sure. so i mean you can have a consensus where a hundred percent of the people will agree to worship jesus for example you know among the followers of uh i mean idol worshipers right but uh, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you have a, obtained a consensus that it's the right thing. I mean, everybody, it's really you have to come to uh, you have to you know compare it with the Quran. You have the ultimate reference, and you just compare it to the Quran. If it's in the Quran, you find it, you accept it. If it's not in the Quran, you have I mean, you have nothing to do with it. So,
3: yeah, also, mashallah, very good point. Also, to see why what we do, we do right. Suppose a lot of people don't like, maybe some people don't like fish. And if you don't like something, that's one thing. But if you say it's haram, or traditional Muslims have forbidden different sea creatures to be uh, haram, the ones don't have shells and this and all kind of stuff. And you know, where God has said he made all the fish creatures, uh, you know, halal for us. So it is important, like if you have a tooth uh, ache and they find there is a cavity and they said they suggest to take out your tooth. No, this is not in the Quran, but the reason you're taking it out is to prevent infection. And, but if you, like circumcision, there is no benefit to it. And you only you, we have to dig in ourselves, why are we doing circumcision? Because inside our heart, we have so- association with something else. It's not the benefit of anything else. Because we've been for I mean, from centuries over centuries, it's been sort of linked to the religion part in many religions, uh, Hadith and other religions. So that is the factor. And if you are doing circumcision because of religion, and then that's one of the important thing that you are disobeying God. And that's just a circumcision. Any other thing that you associate with religion because of that, then then it becomes a problem because God does not forbid or something that you do it. Then that's a problem. I
2: we have some newcomers also i would think it'd be a good idea if you uh just uh briefly introduce yourselves to we have uh chris uh from colorado and we have uh, brother another brother i've i'm sorry if i mispronounced your name uh from bangladesh and john so if you guys can introduce yourselves that'd be great
1: Welcome, alaikum everybody <laughs> Uh, I work the night shift, so I'm a little unkempt at the moment, <laughs> which is why I've had my camera and my mic off, but I've been here and I've been paying attention, so nice Assalam to meet, nice to meet you. Nice to you. Thanks for having me. Uh,
0: welcome. <laughs> MashaAllah. Assalamu alaikum to everyone. I am Anjan, and thank you, Bhaya. Brother, sorry, uh, you pronounced it right, I guess. And I'm really happy to join you. I'm not good at speaking English, so sorry.
2: so you speak pretty well.
0: Thank you. That's all. <laughs>
1: as
0: brother, welcome. as alaikum and welcome. Good to have you all here, mashallah.
3: So, is um, a small comment uh, about uh, what you are talking about in the crown study that, um, about David, that God has blessed him with logic and wisdom and the kingship. Uh, this is, uh, uh, and you also mentioned a lot of other things that, uh, you know, that God has blessed us. Uh, and in, if you look into this, uh, then what blessings God gives us could be so many things, patience, is if somebody has a lot of patience, somebody is obedient, somebody who give charity, anything that we look positive in ourselves, God is doing everything. It's not us who has evolved into it. It's coming from God and how we respond to God's blessing. And it's amazing how God has put this Quran in such a nice way that god mentions kingship wisdom and logic and right after that god says that there are two feuding men walking so it's amazing how they follow one and one another and that may be a little bit uh shed light on what robert was saying earlier about how we deal with this stuff so here is david who who's blessed he knows that god has given his uh, wisdom and logic and these are very great powers somebody has a lot of wisdom and logic you, you know, if you somebody lack these two things you can you know that how miserable that person can be and this is very important in our life because we we make so many mistakes similar to these things uh the point i'm trying to make is that um, he he knows that he has this wisdom now he can be arrogant he can be act like oh i know i'm i'm the best how, what do you know? God has given me wisdom. I am the right person. How many times do we feel that in life that sometimes we feel so smart? And sometimes we feel that, oh, uh, in the meeting that my comments were the best. You know, we, we have this ego thing that I, I'm smart in this. I'm smart. My, my word is the word. And, you know, you have to listen to me. We enforce because we think we are this and that. And here, David, who's sort of prophet, and who was blessed with wisdom and all this stuff, still, he's so humble that after, I mean, he was, he was uh, when two men walked in, he was startled. He was like, how can somebody can walk into my sanctuary? And he was already nervous and afraid. Then these two people tells him that, that don't be afraid. So it's very much likely that this was a test for him. And he's nervous. At the same time, he's trying to make a, a fair judgment. And after that, he's not saying that Oh, my decision is the best. You go, and he's walking proud. How many times do we feel like when we did a good salat, and we are tapping on back of our shoulder, like, oh my God, I did a good job. I mean, we can never do justice in God's uh, blessings upon us. Like nobody can ever perf- do a perform a perfect salat. Nobody can ever perform a perfect uh, charity or any other acts. Being patience, if some God bless someone, be patience this person can never claim i'm the best person when it comes to controlling my anger and this and that we can never do that so here david's example god is teaching us through him that look what i gave him and in response he was still humble and he just on maybe he didn't understand his mistake you know but he was not arrogant he's still repenting i must have made some mistake because we can never do justice in god's blessing that god has given us in response to uh, how should we act and we should continue to repent and the best I mean, on the last Friday prayer, I mean, it just dawned on me that, you know, when like, uh, when we do repent in the middle of the Juma prayer and the sermons, and imagine you make a, such a horrible mistake and you say, oh, I got I to gotta ask my boss for, I made a horrible mistake. He said, okay, what you do, come back uh, in the evening when he's drinking tea and he's in such a good mood, you can ask for anything, he will give it to you. You know, so things, things like that happens. So the Friday prayer in the middle, that's a golden time to repent, I mean, this is like the opens of the forgiveness is just opens wide open. You can just ask for forgiveness. And this is a blessing from God. So on a weekly basis, we should you know use that time to uh, any judgments that we did, anything God blessed us and because we can never do justice in that. So asking God, God, please forgive me for all the matters that I dealt this week, because I can never be fair. And I am a horrible person in it. So please forgive me. So that was, um, Michelle. my comment. Thank you.
2: Yeah. I also wanted to um, comment on uh, verse 37. So this is the verse I was referring to the other day. You know, it says, And the devil's building and diving, others were placed at disposal. So, you know, the jinns that were uh, under Solomon's command, you know, they're uh, the devils. And then another... One, I agree with what you said, Adam, mashallah, and, you know, they were humble and, you know, when, when God has given, uh, you know, Solomon all these blessings, you know, he had to be appreciative of God for all of those blessings, you know, I mean, people, when they're blessed, you know, in abundance of something, you know, they tend to take them for granted, Right. And so uh, we see examples of how extremely appreciative Solomon was. And we see that, for example, in the Surah 27, verse 18 and 19, you know, when he when uh, you know, understood the communication of the ants, you know, it says he smiled and, and, and laughed at her statement and said, uh, my, my Lord, direct me to be appreciative of the blessings you have bestowed upon me and my parents and to do the righteous works that please you admit me by your mercy into the company of your righteous servants you know so imagine uh yeah talking about being humble you know i mean imagine being blessed by god to be able to understand the language of all the birds and the animals being the only person in the world who can understand those ants and having being the only person in in command of all the jinns and being able to direct the winds and and soldiers, and being a king in the world, and having all of those things, right? And then he's so humble at the same time that, you know, he's uh, being appreciative, and he's praying to God to admit him by his mercy into the company of his righteous servants. You know, I mean, that's the reality. I I mean, you can be, you know, you can have whatever you can achieve in this world, but really, I mean, we're all servants of God, and this is a reality, and we should never forget that. No matter what circumstances we're in.
3: uh, In um,
5: 36 uh, uh, God gave Solomon the power over the wind, also uh, pouring rain wherever he wanted it. Uh, Kind of like a modern day rainmaker almost. But uh, how did he get to that? Now I speculate or uh, uh, opine that uh, it may have been as a result of prayer. In verse 35, he says, my Lord, grant me a kingship never attained by anyone else. It's it's audacious and kind of bold that he, can, he, that he could just come to God and say, look, bless me like you've blessed no one else before. I wonder if we have the courage maybe to do that. Anybody would comment on that?
0: See, um, I want to make a comment that god tested him right he he was put to the test he passed it and then yeah he had the audacity (laughs) he had the confidence to to still ask for basically i think he was the kingship over things not only just here but the the hereafter as well because God had already given him so much, you know. And he promised God that grant me kingship that no one ever attained before. Basically, he was so confident that now I will show you the how I will never ever do this again and be still be humble and still be equitable and still be charitable or whatever, you know, the best person who can Basically, he knew his, that was his test. And now he asked for it again to prove it to God that he will find him most appreciative. And God knew and God did grant him, you know, uh, all that. And then God, said, because God knew uh, he, he can do it.
2: Yeah, I think even the fact that he was able to ask that from God was in accordance with God's will, you know, that he would ask that and then god would grant him you know this kingship but really it's a i mean if you get to think about it it's a, it's he it's a huge huge responsibility and you know yeah. Martha, i know you know yeah. passed like
0: that's why i use the word audacity <laughs> <laughs> right. but but he knew mm. subhanallah to prove it to god that he can still be the best to handle it
4: Yeah, but one of the Quran study I was listening of Dr. Khalifa and someone asked, and he said that you don't want to ask God for that. tests. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, you don't want to ask because Mm -hmm. we don't know even our weaknesses and strengths to the full point. Um, Very few. And sometimes when God put us to the test to bring our uh, innermost convictions, which we are uh, ourselves even not aware, that, oh my God, that was also in me. So only God knows which tests we can handle. And accordingly, he is giving us out of his mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, but sure. we don't want to ask bigger tests. Of course not. True.
3: Not sure a good
2: point. Yeah, I don't see like necessarily that he asked uh, that as a test. You know, I mean, I, we know that asking... Asking God for any blessings, even worldly blessings, you know, things is, is a form of worship, you know. So, I mean, these are all blessings that God gave him. I mean, yes, he was tested by it, but then probably after he passed it, you know, I mean, God, he asked God for more. But, uh, you know, he had good intentions behind it, obviously, probably, and God blessed him with more. I mean, I, I kind of look at it that way
5: so uh, in verses 24 David test is judging in 32 Solomon's test of material wealth each was tested each passed their test um, what can we learn from this what, what are I mean you're, you're hitting on a lot of it now but um, I'm always interested in practical applications of these verses and um, I'm wondering what, what if you can comment further on that
4: I will ask I mean. his, uh, God for help whenever I realize I'm in test. The first thing is I, I'm going to implore God that please uh, help me to understand and uh, try when you understand what, what is the test requirement here. And when you realize that, then just obey god's commandment regarding those kind of situations that okay i'm in this situation and this is a test for me and what god's commandment is in the quran and just uh, implore god that god you know strengthen your heart and uh, just let me pass this test with flying colors that that's what i think Mm. imploring him is the right thing
2: Yeah, I mean, we're dependent on God's mercy and guidance, you know, at every point in time, so we have to continuously ask God for guiding us and, I mean, these th- the what made all these people successful is that they were guided by God through, you know, all of these, you know, steps and this is how they were able to pass all their tests and succeed. So, and they were humble and, and uh, righteous and You know, they didn't follow personal opinions and they worshiped God under all circumstances. So I think the, for me, the, the takeaway here is that, you know, we worship God, we should worship God under all circumstances. You know, when we become submitters, we'll be tested by lack of health, wealth, or uh, abundance of them. And we have to make sure that we pass our tests in order to be admitted into God's kingdom and enjoy a perfect life now and forever.
5: So let me give you a hypothetical. Let's say I went along and I suddenly catch the COVID-19 virus. Um, In that illness, I can still be faithful. I can still uh, try to pass that or recognize it as a test, number one, and then try within that test to model the example of Job, for example. Be faithful uh, in that even though it looks like a dire situation. Because that is the test. We have to trust God in everything and in all things, correct?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're a new submitter and you're going through it, then that's one one thing, right? If you, uh, you definitely, it would be a part of your, more than likely, it would be a part of your admission test, right? But if you are somebody who has passed your admissions test and then it happens, then you know that, it's maybe part of your purification. Maybe you are doing something wrong. That you know this is a hint that you have stepped out. So you implore God for forgiveness. Ask God to help you and figure out what you're doing wrong. So it could be many things, but that could be one of the scenarios. But
5: but like let's say uh, you die in that state. I mean, you can still be faithful to God. You can still trust Him in all of it, including the most desperate situation you could possibly find yourself in
3: definitely. Yeah. yeah I mean, checking you
2: your Yeah, I mean people die of a stroke and stuff when they get covid, so that's one thing. But uh, and it's not like a painful well, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know cuz the symptoms seem to vary, but you know, the thing is we have to remember for for the when God talks about the righteous and he gives examples, you know, these are examples where You know, you don't go through like a miserable suffering and and pain and things like that. You know, I mean, with with viruses and things like that, when it comes to it, I mean, there we cannot really take them lightly because uh, uh, we know that you know these are nothing bad comes from God, first of all. So you have to remember, if it's not first, if it's not your admission test, then it's not good news, really. I mean, you have to, you know. You figure out what you're doing wrong to pass your test and because if you keep going through it and you keep suffering and your life becomes miserable and things then you know it's you're not going through that 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 death where you know you don't suffer any pain and misery and the, you know so you gotta you gotta be careful I mean with with, with yeah I mean I just that's, that's what I would think you know if you're but if you're in a mission test like Job I mean yeah that's totally fine I mean it would just be a test, but otherwise, you know, you have to figure out what you're doing wrong you know, in your life and try to fix it.
4: And what I'm understanding, when you get this kind of hard test, where it's the matter of like, uh, this COVID-19, it's painful, where your breathing is hard, and I mean, uh, people are literally don't want to be around you scared to touch and not giving your bodies and to, to your loved ones and uh, no one is able to see you and all that and you just uh, God uh, promises for the for the submitters is like uh, uh, last as Messenger explained last 10 to 15 mm-hmm. years uh, mm-hmm. they will see mm-hmm. God's kingdom and kingship like they will enjoy those years here and if you are dying with with this uh, yeah really you need to reflect and for me uh, that's the idol worship most common uh, uh, form of uh, sin and uh, it's so tricky and has so many shapes and forms um, of idol worship that we don't even uh, realize unless God with his mercy make us realize and the only thing is again at that time is supplication imploring god my lord if i'm not understanding uh please please make me realize understand because i want to repent and reform and affirm repentance um that's that's where i go because it's a matter of life of life and death not here in in, on earth but for the eternity um, mm-hmm. our, um, like yourself soul is either in a good place or not for eternity so um doesn't matter uh how bad uh, as messenger explains the last 10 to 15 years will be in perfect health like you will be in peace and happy and uh, like no worries no depression nothing no disease so, th- keeping those um, explanations uh, in mind, of course, idol worship is is, and especially if it is not as Suleiman explained, it is not your admission test. And you passed it, and you are having it uh, at the end of that. After 30 years of your, for example, submission, then you need to really reflect. It's it's not a small thing. It's for me. I always think when you get. Hit so that hard—it's idol worship, most probably.
0: Um, can I say something? Um, so, Robert, um, have you watched the video um, "King of Chaos"? Hello.
2: Um, Robert, I think are you d- there? Got disconnected. Oh. Or something.
0: Yeah, in that um, video. Messenger of the Covenant has explained uh, the types of disasters, uh, four types of disasters, and that we need to really uh, understand, watch it and understand it at every stage. uh, If there is a disaster, what kind of disaster that is. Um, So let's say if we have passed our admission test and we are in for a while in submission and then something terrible happens a physical ailment or an accident or something uh, that means we stepped out of God's kingdom and and made a mistake and uh, we were not submitters at that time obviously whenever we commit an act of idol worship in any manner uh, we're not submitting to God alone Um, and then we um, suffer of suffering something um, so that but it would be not a permanent loss this, that would be something um, just like a, a educational disaster uh, messenger of the covenant has called it to, su- to teach us something that uh, something we did it in unawareness by mistake and now we have the knowledge, and we understood that. Oh, really? Yeah, this is where I was wrong. And then God makes it up to you. You know, you will be fine, like you have never lost anything. No limb was lost, or no, you know, uh, no permanent thing, um, you know, damage. So, yeah, if you if if you could watch it again, the King of Chaos, it explains step by step all four kinds of disasters. Really amazing and very educational uh, to get us understand. Because like Salaman was saying, some people think like we will be tested till the end of our lives. That's not true. Those are, won't be tested. Those would be, if we are suffering something constantly over and over, and we are in pain and misery, that means our submission is lacking something big time. You know, that is, that is not a test. That is some consequence happening. Even Rashad said that um, if we stepped out of, like we could be in and out by mistake because it's a process. It's a lengthy process of purification. Uh, We could be stepping in and out of God's kingdom and then learn, get back. But if we stay out of God's kingdom for a very long time, then he said, we will pay the price. Like there could, a permanent loss could happen you know um, that we would end up paying a huge price for that that we didn't learn we continue to do the same thing over and over that means we are unable to learn that that something fundamentally wrong with our submission somewhere that's how i understand but nice video to watch mashallah
5: thank you i'm gonna make it a point to watch that over again king of chaos
0: yeah <laughs> every time I watch it then I forget and then I watch it again I'm like yes 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 it's a refresher yeah, Mashallah
3: yeah Allah. there was this guy who was trying to share a story today um, and there was an embarrassing story in his part. I'm not going to tell you a story but I, I, but the thing is what he said is it was embarrassing in his part but he said the reason he's sharing is because so we can learn from it there's a very important lesson so I was like thinking, yeah, we listen to people's story, we look around, and we like we do do it your uh YouTube DIY D- projects like you. Why do we do all these things so we can learn and understand and get better? And um, I was just uh, like building this project in my backyard, and I had no experience, so I watched a lot of YouTube videos and got an idea, and then I, I did the project, and it was pretty good. But I found some mistakes in it, and I'm like, okay, okay. I overlooked this, and I overlooked that. I could have done this better, this deck and all that, you know, shed and everything could have been much better. So had I had to do it again, I'm not going to tear it down and build it again. It would be too much. But if I have to do it again, I will try not to make those mistakes and even better. So that's what we, you know, we listen to stories and all this stuff is to improve ourselves, not just listen to it and just walk away. Listen to it, understand it apply it, we'll make mistakes and then over time we find our mistakes and get better and similarly Quran is the source we have that we listen we try to understand there's a, a dua prayer God says Ilma, which is increase my knowledge we should pray to this to God on a routine basis to increase our knowledge so we can understand the, the Quran better and apply it to our life and we will make mistakes, we have to continuously evaluate uh, ourselves, there's a system tool called that uh, is called ADPIE. Uh, D P I E. This A is for assess. We so have to continuously assess our life. Where am I standing? Because this is the most important task. And on routinely basis, when like small, like for example, if you have passed the admission test, now look at uh, on a daily basis. We should be evaluating ourselves. If not weekly that uh, assess ourselves something happens diagnose what has happened uh this like for example for example i got a headache you know because god says in in uh, verse uh, in surah 43 um, i'm gonna read this verse. much is so good um anything bad that happens to you is a consequences of your own deeds and we he overlooks many of your sins so God already forgives a lot of sins, but we—he, he, there's a red light comes on, check light comes on every once in a while, like because we are, we do make mistakes. We cannot claim that I'm a, I'm living a perfect obedient life. So, so diagnose when something happens. Okay, something gone wrong. Then, then planning phase is this—you know—how can I prevent that the next time? Planning phase, then intervention phase. You add A D P I E. So intervention phase, So you apply that in your life. If you don't apply. What's the what's what good the knowledge and wisdoms can do if you don't apply it? it is to apply into your life and implement and evaluate again that uh, like later down the road and then just evaluate that instant happened and how did I respond and ch- continuously improving and changing our life because this world is that's what we here for. Because we made a mistake and we are here to improve ourselves. And this world, this time that God has given us is a bonus time. We didn't even deserve this bonus time to correct ourselves. We were already destined for help. This is the mercy from God that he has allowed us to give us this bonus time. And we should spend this time very wisely, not just, you know, waste wasted. Mashallah. Thank you. Okay, anybody else has any comments uh,
2: about the verses we read? If not, if you guys have any off-topic questions, you know, maybe we could uh, address any of those. Well, we're nearing
5: the 10 nights. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm wondering how it is that you guys understand it. Because I, I see it, it says, you know, by the dawn in the 10 nights. 10 nights are, are, are we talking about the last 10 nights? Are we talking about the first 10 nights? Do we not know? Um but we got the the last ten nights coming on. Is that how how is it that you guys are applying
2: that? Uh... Yeah, this is the last ten nights for sure. So the last ten nights, usually, you know, there are, people will retreat to masjid, uh, meaning they will not go out of their house. And if there's a masjid, they will stay there and they'll commemorate God and they'll avoid, um, uh, you know, sexual intercourse during the. Last ten nights, with obviously, if if they're if they're uh, doing the last ten nights with their spouses around as well, and then uh, you just basically commemorate God during that time as much as possible and avoid, you know, doing going outside and going to work or things like that. You know, you just use that as a time of reflection and meditation. Um,
3: yeah. Which I think everybody's doing because of the COVID.
2: Except the meditation part.
3: <laughs> so do you have to like actually make a knee like uh, I'm going to do this uh, or you can do as much you can, you do like a half of your night and be part of it or you have to actually devote yourself hundred percent. Right. Well, I mean the,
2: the people who do the, 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 thing of the last 10 nights. I mean, they just do all of it. But of course, I mean, if you can't do it, then, you know, whatever you can do, obviously, God, you know, with God, obviously, you know, you're going to get credit for it, right? So. No. Yeah. So,
5: I was talking with someone the other day. They're convinced that Night of Destiny is on the 27th. Uh, we have a calendar here where it maybe it's indicating that the 19th. I always bring up the fact that I don't find the night of destiny spelled out clearly in the quran and i and so i always will not say which night it is because i'm not sure if you go to wikipedia for example there's all kinds of dates but um so how is it that you guys are understanding that night and uh do you like stay the entire night because like
2: yeah so if you if you go to um if you go to Appendix, uh, oh sorry, uh, Surah Ninety Seven, there's a chapter Night of Destiny, right? And it says that the Quran was placed into Muhammad's soul on the twenty seventh night of Ramadan. So it's 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 talking about the lunar calendar, not the solar calendar. So I think you had that confusion before. I think I, I think you did mention it in one of your comments in the past, but really, uh, it is on the twenty seventh night of Ramadan. So today is the uh, here I, I mean at least for california it's like the today is the uh, last ten nights begin you know so today is the 19th of ramadan so the night starts first so after the 19th day ends the 20th night starts so uh, so that's how the night is night comes before the day so so that so the 27th uh, night is actually on the 26th day of your fasting after your fast Ends, that's when the night starts right after sunset and it, it ends at dawn. And so during that time, you know, I mean, the, well, first of all, the Master of the Covenant described it that it's the 27th night, and then there's a lot of mathematical proofs that further prove the, the fact that it's the 27th night um, as well. And, um, and so, and, and we know that God says here, is, you know, it's better than a thousand months. So, you know, you don't want to miss any part of that. Of course, you know, there's no prohibition, for example, if someone went to sleep or whatever, but they missed that time. You know, they could have spent that time commemorating God if it's better than a thousand months. You want to stay up and take, you know, make the best of it. And uh, I mean, that's what the the messenger of the covenant also preached. And that's what they practiced. You know, people stay up all night and they commemorate God, uh, usually from sunset till dawn.
3: Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, more than a thousand month is calculated to be like eighty, somewhere eighty four years. That's like living a life and worshipping every day and night for your entire life. It's just it's a gift blessed in just one night, Michelle.
4: So I've
5: noticed that uh, some of the submitters will actually, um, they'll, that at night they'll do what seems to uh, be kind of like a mantra. They'll repeat the, uh, the phraseology, uh, God is the greatest, God is the greatest. They'll do that. I mean, it almost seems like they get themselves into a hypnotic trance. But can you guys maybe talk to me about uh, what I see sometimes in these videos where they're repeating this phrase, over and over again I mean uh, I know we focus on, on God but I don't know help me to understand that a little bit
2: okay
0: uh, oh.
2: sorry you want to go first
0: quickly um, Robert uh, there is a really good um, video um, audio audio of Rashad um, and how he has because basically it is that like how well connection connected you get with your creator right it's like in the deep meditation when the the zikr or the the repeating of certain attributes of god actually you will learn like if you want i can send you a link to that um some of his uh uh, audio it's with the transcript as well it really most of us follow that on the night of destiny um, the rest, Solomon, you can go ahead and fill
2: out. Yeah, I wanted to say. Oops, oh, sorry. I wanted to say about the hypnotic trance. <laughs> I mean, there, there are. Well, there are actually people who tend to uh, look like they are in a hypnotic trance. But the thing is that you're not, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to meditate. So when you when people repeatedly, uh, you know, commemorate God and they focus on God's names you know, it nourishes your soul, first of all, you know, so you feel, you feel your soul being nourished. It's like you eat something, right? But you take several bites of the same food that you love. I mean, I th- maybe it's like a poor allegory, but uh, really, so it's all about really just commemorating God. So, you know, the repetition is really meant to just help you focus more on those attributes that like you, you uh, remember God with all of these attributes. So you uh, repeatedly you know so you don't have to say it that way i mean there's many ways you can do it you know but commemorating god in in this form i mean you the you know the reason for example and and this is all actually all in the audio from the messenger of the covenant from the night of destiny you can read a lot in there uh, see a lot in there as well um and i also have a transcript of that so you can probably if you can't hear it uh you know correctly with the audio quality i mean you can probably. See I read that out as well, but um, but you know when we do our contact prayers, for example, you know the reason why there's a nourishment in the contact prayers. We're remembering God. You know when you're when you're bowing down or prostrating, for example, you're repeating certain uh, attributes of God and praising Him. So it's like the same concept, but it's like a it's like a packed session for you, sort of you know where you're doing it a thousand times or however many times you do it. You know, so so it's like the credit is, you know, uh, you know, a lot because you're commemorating God so much, you know, during that time. So uh, but, you know, uh, really, the whole idea behind it is mindfulness and remembering God and glorifying him. Uh, the more you you do it with your with with meaning and you know sincerity, you know the more benefits you're going to get from it. If you mention God a million times and you're not even remotely thinking about God, you know it's not going to be as effective as if you know you're just you're focusing and you're co- con- uh, you know uh, commemorating him like with your heart. And um, the thing is, really, it's it's not in it's not a numbers of quality, but you know, for some people, they might not be able to follow the repetitive way. So there is no, like, set way that you have to do it this way or that way. But, you know, the idea is that you spend all that night commemorating God and focusing on his name and nourishing your soul that way. So, but the Master of the Covenant talks about Zikr, you know, commemorating God. And he said that's God's most be- beloved form of worship, you know, and you do that, you are really, like, it really you know, helps you accelerate your growth of your soul by repeating his attributes.
5: Thank you very much. I have uh, the Miss Nazri sending me a, a connection request on Messenger. I believe she's probably going to be sending me some of these links. I imagine you'll probably be sending me some of these links. We'll also post them, I think, in, in uh, YouTube in case there's others like me that are uh, needing access to that. Thank you guys mm-hmm. very much for talking to me about that.
2: MashaAllah. Who's Nazreen? No, me, Nudrat. Nudrat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just sent some links. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, MashaAllah. Yes, it's helpful. Like really, like uh, what Rashad has done with the, you know, Mm -hmm. somewhere with lower voice and with like all of these, like God has given us faculties, right? And it repetition is very universal way of meditation. Of like in your mind nothing else will be left except that for example any attribute you know you will be so mindful of that attribute that you it will help you believing and you just gonna go in your soul and soul grows very fast he said it, rasha said it's the fastest way to grow the soul is by you know by zikr mashallah okay
2: Well, i also have a transcript for that you know uh so if you it's, uh, if you want to read it because uh, along with commemoration like there's also a little bit of commentary so like why we're doing this and why this is important and all that so and really uh, explains more about the night of destiny as well you know so i'll send that over to her as well god willing thank you guys yeah.
3: very much also yeah. robert uh mashallah uh, try to ponder upon God's uh, blessings, uh, God's creations, universe, plants, trees, animals. Um, Sometimes you can just even meditate, looking at yourself, your eyes, for example, uh, how complex they are, and how how many color cones in your eyes, and uh, like in millions. the and The processing power of the brain and your eyes and ears. I mean, there's tremendous uh, amount of information, Mashallah, we have. To ponder upon. So the more you link God's blessing upon us, it, it the emotions start getting involved in it. Your heart start feeling numb. I mean, feeling just like melting in, 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 with praising God. You know how like how we like we say to our mom, like mom Mother's Day's was just gone, uh, and we say I, I love you, mom, because you're genuine because you ponder upon what your mom has done for you, and this love is coming out of your heart. So there's a link in it. And so, when we more ponder upon God's creation, you're sitting in the park and you look at the greenery and the bird chirping, and you start praising God and start linking these blessings upon you. So, and then the love start pouring out your heart and emotions. So sort of, I find is more, more like you know, get getting. I get involved in it more that way. Uh, I don't know if if you can you know if this works or not, but I, I get myself more involved into it with love and compassion. I mean, emotions and all those. Uh, feelings, you know, and and the meditation becomes more much more better, Marshal. Is I just want to share, thank
5: you. Um, so it reached kind of like a climax for you on that night when you are uh doing these repetition of the phrases and remembering
3: yeah you do we sit in a group uh I don't know this this year but usually we have like a 15-20 people group and we put it on a big screen and everybody going through it and then it just it just we turn off all the lights and we try to focus and on God uh, by when we say subhanallah subhanallah pray, glory be to God praise be to God and all the you know phrases we say we try to ponder upon it uh like like uh, Solomon says, if you do it with mindful uh, being aware uh, it, ha- it has a lot more benefit to it just by s- saying by your mouth and your emotions or your, your mind is not there. Because as we know, ni- uh, 93% of the conversation is non-verbal. So your emotions and your body's gesture and your, you know, your it's, if it's not there, I don't know how good it would be, but something like that.
0: Maybe um, lone rangers like solomon and Robert can do like a virtual Night of Destiny together.
2: <laughs> I think our night, of, my night of Destiny, is separate from your guys because no, no, Robert. Uh, yeah, Robert. I think is. Uh, you have David the same earlier.
0: time. Oh, you have a different night of Destiny.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Even with Phoenix. Yes. Ah. Yes. So the the Arizona but, started with yeah. us. Yeah, Peace but course. I
2: mean. But yeah, I mean, if they come to California and have a night of destiny, then they could go back in Phoenix and have two nights of destiny.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, bonus! Yeah. Oh yeah, well,
2: Yeah, you can do that too. I mean, just
0: just keep flying. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go to Pakistan next day.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I think bucks Yeah, Pakistan. I'm not sure about Pakistan. <laughs> you yeah. might not come back. during <laughs> last night of destiny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Mashallah.
3: Hey, it's amazing that uh, this year the Ramadan started for especially for us. It's twenty on the, on Friday. And ending on Friday and the night of destiny is the nineteenth. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. A lot of mashallah. signs.
3: Yeah, mashallah
0: Today is the nineteenth fast, right?
3: Is it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mashallah.
2: For me it is the nineteenth, I think. For you guys it's the eighteenth. Is it?
1: Because
0: yeah. your
2: night because your ten nights start tomorrow, right?
0: Tonight is gonna be our first ten night huh yeah so that's your your app said Solomon. it gave us the message <laughs> Uh.
2: okay um it sure well if you look inside the app uh can you go into the app and actually see the date because um what does it show as your first day of ramadan april 24th yeah yeah and the last 10 nights is what? What does it say for your last 10 nights?
0: Robert is showing something. Oh,
2: are you looking at the date on the app? Or are you looking at the events uh, screen?
0: A notification came the last okay. 10 nights starting.
2: No, oh. no I, I know, but can you actually go in the menu and click on events calendar?
0: Okay.
2: May twelfth. Yeah, May twelfth. So that's tomorrow. Last ten nights
0: start May twelfth. So it would.
2: But your Drumadon begins April twenty third or twenty fourth. 24th. Wait. How is that possible?
5: Um, Ramadan April 24th. Last 10 nights, May 12th. Night of destiny, May 19th.
2: Okay. So maybe the last 10 nights is wrong then. Because if you started a day later, you know your night should come after right on the today today should should have been your 19th fast
0: yeah salman it's 19th fast but the night of 20th would start tonight
2: yeah but today is not your 19th fast it's my 19th fast
0: is it i yeah. think it's our 19th fast no hold on
2: hold on i'm confused now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, eight, this 18, 19. Oh, no, sorry, mine was yesterday.
0: Yeah, yours started already. Mine's, mine started, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I
2: got confused. Yeah,
0: ours is st- starting tonight. Okay,
2: yeah, so yeah. okay, yeah. But uh, my last ten ice is showing along, then the Okay, I need to fix that, actually. Last 10 minutes, 12. Okay. Okay, so uh, do you guys have any more comments?
3: No, um, I'll be. Uh, just a quick question. Yeah. Uh, on the it says um, night of destiny is 19, so that is Tuesday. So the wake, the staying awake night will be the night before Monday night. We stay awake or Tuesday night?
0: The ninth of night of uh, 19th.
3: Yeah. The 19th, yeah. okay. Yours so Tuesday
0: night, yeah. Mine will be 18th, yeah. Okay, Tuesday, so you're one day
3: before, okay. okay so thank yeah, you. Ours, yeah, I think, um,
0: ours yeah. would be Tuesday night,
3: Tuesday oh.
0: night, okay. Sure, okay. So, everybody, salam alaikum.
2: Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, thank As you. On. We found a bug too, so in the app, so fix it for sure. Alaykum, guys. So before you guys sign out, uh, I guess we can talk about the next uh, study. God willing, our next study will be on uh, Saturday at uh, 9.30 uh, Pacific time. And uh, 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 I, w- I think it's Hoda's turn, but I'm not sure if she can make it. Um, Hoda, could you make it?
0: She's not online right now.
2: No, she is there, but I think she might be in listening mode. But yeah, I'll, we'll find out. It's either her or 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 me then, yes.
0: Her or Adam, no?
2: Uh, Adam? No, I think Adam was before you.
3: No, it was you, yeah.
0: It was you. Oh, okay,
3: sure. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's her <laughs> or Adam. Or, or maybe Robert wants to do it.
0: Yeah, Robert, you should start getting ready soon, inshallah. Whenever you're ready. Let us know. What about me? D- that yeah. one of these days you will be in the slot. <laughs> the
3: lead the lead, uh, cross ready.
0: Yeah. Inshallah. God willing.
5: We'll let Solomon make that choice. I'm not sure if I'm actually qualified to do this, but uh, I learned so much from you
0: guys. So We're saying right. whenever you are ready, then you would know, right?
2: Yeah, when you feel you're ready.
0: Mm-hmm. God Inshallah.
3: I wasn't gone. ready, man, but I just jump in. I didn't know mm. how to swim. I just jumped in the water.
0: Actually, Solomon pushes you from the <laughs> cliff.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and you better have your, um, you know, what do, what do you call it when you do the free jump from the airplane? Parachute yeah. better shoot. Better
3: shoot on. <laughs> right. he, he tips you over and then I say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Actually, when we jump out, we jump out with two parachutes. One is a reserve in case the first one fails.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: mashallah! Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: All if you, right, think you cannot
3: handle it in the middle of the cross country, you can just push the, uh, the you know the cord, <laughs> and somebody will jump in. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> mashallah, God
5: help Jump at you jump out, you go one thousand one, one thousand two, one thousand three. If you don't feel a fall of that, maybe that can pull your results. Oh. So,
2: Robert's talking from experience, guys. That's, that's
5: why.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever done uh, skydiving, Robert? Sorry. Have you done skydiving?
5: Well I was gonna- we a in the military, so we got to jump up quite a bit. We the at night, sometimes during the day, sometimes Sunday. sunset. Uh, it's, it's beautiful, but it's terrifying. Because uh, um, I don't know if you've stuck your hand out of a uh, car window, because you're going maybe 80 miles out of traveling in the bar, you know, 80 miles and you stick your hand out. You can feel it. it's still like that. Uh, mm. The zillowing is terrifying at the same time. You're
3: well, I think he's having an change.
2: Roberts already trained. He's ready.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he has
0: he has two parachutes.
3: <laughs> right.
0: That's a good thing to have two parachutes. Actually, if one doesn't open, right?
3: And if both doesn't open, then you are you know let's mean you're going up. You're not going down. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes, then
1: you're going up. <laughs> yeah. Oh it's that
3: okay. is a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> <sorry>. Now I get it. I'm free falling, I am free falling upward. <laughs> oh
1: God. Okay. Yeah. So, thank
0: you guys. Okay, asalaamu alaikum. God bless you all.